Hello and welcome to Our Lost Podcast, brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 25-year-old actor and drama instructor. I like brooding anti-heroes, feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. Her name is Brittany Ray. She's a 30-year-old journalist from beautiful post-apocalyptic Vancouver, BC. She likes badass moms and long naps. She's on Twitter at at Britannia, where she can be found attempting to be interesting and talking about her cat. Welcome to the fourth installment of our Season 2 spoiler sections. This is a series in five parts. If you've listened to all of our podcasts in their entirety, you are not missing anything by skipping this series. These are all things that you have heard before. You can re-listen for the fun of it, though. Listen, I'm not the boss of you. The purpose of this series is for those people who may not be caught up, who've been skipping the spoiler sections. We've compiled them here for your convenience so you don't have to go searching for them. You are welcome. Please be warned that from here on out, the whole series is fair game. Let's get started. This is the spoiler section for episode 215, Maternity Leave, featuring Angela. Spoilers, spoilers, gonna talk spoilers. Yay, spoilers, spoilers, spoiler gonna talk spoilers. Spoiler time! Yes. Finally, oh god! We can say Ben now! <laughs> yes! <laughs> I feel unburdened. Okay. Spoilers. Finally. All right. I mean, my my main spoiler thought on the Ben storyline is just, just uh, what's Ben's deal? <laughs> Does he think that this is what his character would do? Like, this character that he's being? Like, would nope. this guy be a jerk? He'd be like, wow, thanks for not a cheeseburger. <laughs> no, I think that's just Ben. Yeah, yeah. I think that's Ben. ridiculous he's just like you know you got like the service here is terrible yeah you know like he's just mad yeah and also he likes pushing log to i don't know i i love it i love i love jack Mm -hmm. and Locke's dynamic i also love Locke and uh, ben's yeah because ben constantly tries to push Locke and to make him i don't know get to irritate him in some way Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah he wants a reaction out of Locke. yes so one thing that I found on Lostpedia was uh, the dialogue between Ben and Locke about Jack, about how Jack seems to hold authority despite Locke's insistence that they make decisions together, is repeated nearly verbatim in every man, nearly verbatim in every man for himself, which is in episode in season three. However, this time the roles are reversed as it is Jack speaking to Juliet about Ben. Oh Ooh. man. Ooh. So that's gonna be fun. Interesting. Um, Echo is chopping down trees because he's trying to make his church. Yes. Which is wholesome. I guess now he's like, now that I've apologized and everything, now I can, like, make my church in peace and I can feel good about making my church. Yeah, he's like, I've made a bend, so now I'm, I'm gonna find God again. Yeah. Yeah. Ben's sitting there, and we talked about this while we were watching the episode. Does Ben know that the Tailies have now united with, like, our, like, team? Or is this, like, he, Echo walks in and Ben's like, what the hell? Yeah. I don't understand how he could not know. Mm. Yeah. Like, don't they know everything? Like, no one, none of the others are, like, around there. You know, Goodwin and Ethan are both dead, but, like, I don't know. It just feels like they have to know everything, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I don't know. But wasn't that kind of the purpose of Ben getting caught in the first place was that they didn't know anything, so he had to go gather information? Right. So maybe he's like, okay, interesting new tidbit to file away. The Taylors are out with them. Right. But Ben knows that Echo was the one who killed two of his people. Yeah. So um, Echo unburdened himself to the right man. He sure did. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's absolutely, Ben is absolutely there just to get information. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He didn't seem that surprised that Echo was there. So possibly he already knew that he was. Yeah. But he wasn't expecting 
a big confession. Who knows what Ben knows? I feel like we might as well just say that, like, Ben knows freaking everything, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's a safe thing to say. Well, he has a list, so... Right. Yeah, exactly. That's true, he sure does. When Friendly says, like, what am I gonna tell him? I think they're absolutely talking about Ben. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Which is very cool when you rewatch it and you're like, whoa, this guy who we're not sure, like, who's I'm asking so many questions about, they're actually talking about him right now. Yeah. Like, I mean, obviously, like, in the past, but... What am I gonna tell him? he's sitting in the hatch like, well, nothing. <laughs> well. Yes. Which is, I, exactly, which is what, what I wanted to say beforehand. It's, okay, so the fact that Alex is there and she's so into this, is it yes. possible that she heard everything from Ben? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if, like, Ben is very careful with telling people, like, who he's telling people, but I wonder if he's just not as careful in his own home. Yeah. That's what I thought. Because Alex knows too much. And if we think about the fact that she's his daughter, then it makes sense that she was the one to uh, go get Claire. Right, right. She would know. And Ben would, I mean, Ben's, I mean, the theme of this, I feel like the theme of the show really is arrogance. But Ben's own arrogance would be like, he would never expect Alex to betray him. Yes. You know, Mm -hmm. like that's his thing with Alex is you betrayed me. Yeah. And we Mm -hmm. were like, who could have helped her? I think she definitely could have gotten Carl to help her. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about Ethan. Ethan. Okay. So Ethan is so weird with Claire. Yeah. Do we ever know what type of doctor Ethan is? I think he's not as... I think he's a similar doctor as to who... What Juliet is. So, like, a maternity doctor. Okay. Um, Because it seems like he is very at home in the staff, which is where they're, like, dealing with all of the pregnant women. But I think one of the reasons why he's so obsessed with Claire is that it's been such a long time since they've had somebody so pregnant because somebody because yeah. they always die before now. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I think that like Ethan was one of the last babies that was like conceived and born on the island healthy, you know. Mm-hmm. But why would they need Juliet if they had Ethan? Juliet's a cuz Juliet um because she achieved something, right? Yeah. Cure she like helped cure helped okay. cure her sister or like she got her sister pregnant because even though she was had cancer. Yeah. Like, she's, she's very, very... Because Juliet was so, um, like, so important in her field. Okay. So good in her field. And I feel like Ethan was, like, for, kind of forced into that science. They were like, we need a, si- we need a doctor, like, a doctor yeah. of this, so can you do it, you know? And he was like, I guess. Yeah, which is why I thought maybe he does that because they need it, but he could be a doctor of everything. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Because, like, he does come to, um, like, with Richard when Juliet goes to the island, I believe. Like, Ethan is also there. Mm, yeah, so. possible. Oh, okay. Mm, yeah. yeah. Interesting, mm. interesting. Why is Alex a good person being raised by Ben? I think we already had a talk. I think we already talked about that. Yeah, but it's very ironic. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah it is. And you said that you love irony. Yes. <laughs> Which is why I like Ben. Yeah. Ooh, Ooh. good point. Okay, Libby. Libby. She is not a psychologist. Yeah. I mean, that's not, like, canon, but that's, like, a headcanon that we've all brought up is yeah. the fact that, like, Libby might just not, like, full-on just not be a psychologist. No. And she's just, like, saying things. But she's dealt with so many psychologists that she... No, that she can fake. She yeah. can fake it. Does she keep having to say clinical psychologist just to make it true to herself? Maybe. Yeah, and to make it look like she's actually... Uh, mm-hmm. She wants to convince people of how professional she is exactly also, has someone I had guess. to like do this to her and like find her memories for her and that's how she knows how it works kind of maybe maybe possibly i i don't know a lot about memory retrieval other than like i don't have mine mm-hmm. and that like you know medit my thing is like i don't know how meditation is gonna 
Someone who knows something about this, if you're listening, correct me. Yeah. But my whole thing is like a, a trained psychologist would know that meditation is not going to bring memories back, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. mm-hmm. like, and that it would take way to her credit. She does say that like part of it is unreliable and she does. She really front loads the session by saying like, this may not work at all. And then she tells her you might be mixing up reality and your own sort of Mm-hmm. perception of reality but i don't know something about her just doesn't scream professional to me or mm-hmm. if she was a professional this wasn't her field right yeah could be so one thing that i really remembered from this was that i think we were thinking that like the sickness was like on purpose and i remember that juliet gets claire sick on purpose at some point mm-hmm. so i went on lostpedia to look for this and in one of us which is in season three this happens this is a summary of sort of the thing that happens with claire with juliet in that episode okay Uh, Jack and Charlie brought Claire back to her shelter and Juliet stated that she was the one who had made Claire sick, saying that a device had been placed in Claire when she was taken by the others to the staff station. Juliet explained that if Claire never had the implant, she would have died. She also explained where medical supplies were and if she had them, she could save Claire. Jack then sent to Juliet, sent to Juliet, retrieved supplies. What? Okay. And she supposedly nursed Claire back to health. However, Claire's illness was actually caused by Ben's activation of an implant that Ethan had previously put in Claire. Ben activated it so that Juliet would gain the trust of the survivors when she cured her. The plan worked as Claire awoke the following morning with Charlie holding her hand, fully recovered from her illness, and therefore allowing Juliet to gain the trust of the beach camp. I literally forgot all about that. And um, I remember Juliet getting Claire sick, but I didn't remember about this implant thing. No. Me too. But, I mean... Obviously, that's relevant. So. Yeah, wow. Um, Genuinely forgot all of that. Yeah. Oh, also, do you want to hear some fun facts about the Brothers Karamazov? Yeah. Yes. Um, Locke gave this book to Henry Gale to read while he was held captive in the swan. This book is about patricide, echoing the deaths of Anthony Cooper and Roger Linus, respectively. Oh, Oh, true. Despite Sawyer being the material murderer of Cooper, Locke is his intellectual murderer like one of the Karamazov brothers. I'm sure. Wow. Yeah, uh, Ben drew his map to Henry Gale's balloon on the back of the title page. Oh, mm-hmm. of this book! Wow, they really God, their attention to detail always mm-hmm. blows my mind. Um, don't think of a white bear is a famous psychological experiment in which subjects are asked to not think of a white bear for the next five minutes and ring a bell each time they do, basically like losing the game. I feel like I could do that because my mind wanders yep. so frequently. <laughs> The effect of this attempted thought suppression is that people think of polar bears. The bear was chosen because one of the researchers remembered reading that when Russian author Fyodor Dostoevsky challenged his brother not to think of a white bear, the brother remained perplexed for quite a while. (laughs) (laughs) He just did it as a joke. So, polar bears. Yay. Wow, so the man whose name starts with D that I can't pronounce Mm -hmm. uh, basically invented the game. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Okay, so the thing also about... Um, that we were saying why Claire retrieves her memories. Mm-hmm. Is it possible that it was Jacob directly? Yeah. Right. Yeah. When you said that, I was like, holy crap, you're right. Yeah. He was probably because, he was keeping them from her, from her, maybe. That would also explain the crib, maybe. Right. Like the right, fact that right, she's, right, right. she's uh, remembering things um, in a specific way. He could have also given her that dream in 110. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah. Yo, I am not over how, like, well, you hit that on the head, Angela. Yeah. Like, holy <laughs> crap, that makes perfect sense. Son said a mother should not leave her child, which is a foreshadowing to season four slash five when Claire leaves the baby and then 
Kate takes him. Yeah, which makes so much sense seeing this episode, though. Yeah. That's what I was thinking about. Like, their relationship is already something by now. And so it mm-hmm. makes so much sense that Kate would then be the person raising Claire's baby. Yeah. Right. And uh, Claire also asks Son, are you a mother? And she says, no, I'm not. And she is literally pregnant right now. That was crazy. But yeah. also, why Why would it matter? Hmm. Oh, that she, whether or not she was a mom? Yeah. Like, what was, what do you think she was trying to say there? Because of the instinct, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I thought. I just wasn't, I wasn't sure if it was that or if she was, I wasn't sure if she was saying it in support or as an insult, I guess. I think that was the one thing I just misinterpreted when I watched it. Um. Oh, it could be an insult. I just thought, okay, you, you might try to understand, but you, you will not be able to because... I am the only person in on this island who has a baby. Exactly. Yeah, and like, I mean, Claire was the one who had been to this place, right? So it's like, do you want me to bring my baby with me? Yeah. I'm not gonna do that. Yeah. But also, Sun was probably just like, I don't want to deal with this crying baby. But you, time- you leave him with me, and then his fever breaks, and then you get to deal with a normal baby again. Freak you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good point, good point. Yeah. When Danielle, when Kate was pointing the gun at Danielle... And she was like, yes, please do it. Um, I was kind of reminded of in Across the Sea in season six, Mother, when I think MIB kills Mother and she says, thank you. Oh. It's because she's like immortal, right? And she can't can't die. She can't. um, She was burdened with life. Right. So when she actually finally got killed, she was like, thank you. And that's kind of, I don't know. That's kind of what I was reminded of when in that moment. I can see that. Yeah, true. Um, It takes until the season three finale for the Russos to finally meet. Yo, that's crazy. Yes. Kind of hurts, too. The last thing I had here was that, um, Brittany, you wanted to talk about Claire's overall arc in the entire show and how they kind of did her dirty. Yeah. Oh, wait. Ooh, sorry. Oh. You had a question about Robert first? Who who wanted to talk about Robert, the dad? Not me. Danielle's husband, who's Alex's Oh, dad? yeah. No, I wanted to know uh, the infected thing, if there was an explanation. Right, yeah. yeah. So, like, I think that what... I get, like, the idea that the infection is, like, a bunch of different things for some reason. Like, I feel like the infection that Danielle thought they had was, like, they met the man in black and they were, like, I think. They were, like, no, he's chill. It's fine. Like, they, like when we yeah. saw in season five, like, her killing them, they seemed like fine, normal people. You know yeah. what I mean? So... And then we get, like, Henry Gill's wife got sick, the baby is sick, blah, 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 infected. So it's, like, it's hard to figure out. But I'm, I, I, let me look on, on Last P and see Maybe if... it changes because Jacob is the sickness. Oh, the sickness has its own, um... Oh! Or it's the man that, in black. It says that Saeed in season six was, was infected. Oh. That would explain a lot of season six Saeed. Yeah. <laughs> The man in black infected certain residents on the island with a sickness that altered their personality. By claiming them in this manner, he recruited them as followers. There you go. Yes, exactly. That's that's what I remember. I remember that there was some... I don't remember which episode it was, but that Danielle ex- thinks about, speaks about the infection as if it changed the husband. And that mm-hmm. was why she had to kill him. Yes. Not because she he had an illness, but because he changed so much that she could only kill him. Right. But I don't remember when it was or if I'm making this up. <laughs> to be honest. But it's like do they do they get sick and then they're like infected? Because it's like he's a baby. Like how can you tell if he's infected or not if he's just 
Yes, that's what, that was my issue because I, I remember that about Rousseau and then I was like, oh, okay, but why would she think that the baby is something that, well, someone that we should be afraid of now? So Maybe because he was screaming so much and he's usually a quieter baby? Possible. So the um, under characteristics on here, let me read this out to you. Um, mm-hmm. The sickness manifested as a severe mental change on the part of the afflicted. In 1988, one apparent sufferer, Robert, or Robert, of course, because he's French, um, suddenly and uncharacteristically attempted to kill his pregnant fiancée, Danielle Rousseau, seconds after professing his love for her. Claire, post-infection, became a mentally unstable paranoid murderer and cradled a boar's skull to replace her baby. Jungle hermit Danielle acted similarly... Jungle hermit. Um, exhibiting what appeared to be similar paranoid delusions, although she claimed to be the only expedition member to escape the sickness. Danielle personally killed all other members of her expedition, and other characters wrote her off as insane. Saeed, after his infection, killed even more readily than usual, and he said he could no longer feel emotions. Oh, Saeed, you deserved better, my boy. So if MIB yeah. chooses who has the infection, why did he choose everybody but Danielle? To see what it would be like if you had to survive on the island alone. Is it because Jacob's weird about mothers? I think it was to oh. I think it was to entertain himself to see what what she would do. Well, isn't like every like anybody can be a candidate, like his list of candidates like you get crossed off the list if um, if you're a mother, right? So that's why Kate wasn't on there anymore and Son wasn't on there anymore. Like, I wonder if he, like, just didn't infect her because she's already a mother, so. Oh, I don't know. He, she's not going to be a candidate? Or I, I think that would have more to do with his own mother issues. Right. That okay. he's recalling his own mother. But regardless, I think because it's the man in black, part of it probably is, you know, mm-hmm. she, she, I'm alone. She's alone. Let's see what she does. Like, what, is, what will she do differently than we do? Right. Yeah. It would depend on how you get infected. Like whether you have to meet the Men in Black or... Right. This is actually relevant to what I was going to say, so this is perfect. Um, It says, in 1988, members of Danielle's team contracted the sickness after exploring beneath the temple, an area the Man in Black had just entered. The smoke monster once similarly tried to drag Locke underground. Saeed contracted Mm -hmm. the sickness after dying in the temple spring. He resurrected soon after and credited the Man in Black. Claire's moment of infection is less clear. So it seems like it definitely is, like, Man in Black related. Yeah, like, where he goes, death follows. Individuals appear to be infected on the temple grounds. Said was at the temple... Um, the French people were dragged into the tunnels, with which is near the temple. But Claire was never near the temple. Claire's manner of infection was not shared, but is a possibility that infection can only occur at the temple, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Weird power for the man I would like to have. Danielle believed the sickness yeah. was a contagious illness that thought that, and thought that the others transmitted it, calling them carriers. She also accused Jin of being a carrier after he witnessed her killing Robert during a time jump. She firmly believed infected people must be killed. When Aaron became sick with a fever and a rash, Danielle told Claire, I hope your baby's not infected. But if it is, I hope you know what must be done, which we have just seen. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. According to Dogen, infection, infection is irreversible. Rather than trying to cure Saeed, he tried to get Jack to kill him with that poisonous pill. Saeed and Claire, however, both rebelled against the supposed evil within them. Good so, for them. Yeah. So interesting. Mm-hmm. There is a whole I thing about other like a horcrux well. where they take a little piece of the men in black with them. Right. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah. There are there's a whole bunch of other like sicknesses. Like for example, like what happens in um in, on the freighter, but that's temporal displacement, so that's different, right? That happens mm-hmm. to Desmond, happens to Minkowski, happens to Regina. Yeah, different mm-hmm. type um, of sci-fi sickness. The whole pregnancy yeah. thing is a different sickness as well. Yep. There's just, there's, there's a lot. If you guys are interested in learning more, um, if you go on Lostpedia and search the sickness, there's a yeah. whole page about it. Yeah. Okay. 
Thank you. Um, oh, and now, Brittany, you want to talk about Claire. I, I mean, honestly, you just said it for me. It's just I think the show did her dirty in terms of, like, what her arc wound up being, lack of arc. Mm-hmm. Because they, the show basically just had her become sort of unstable and then had Kate yeah. take over her role in Aaron's life. And I was like, but Claire was so much more interesting than that, you right. know? Mm-hmm. Like, she deserved to have a better arc. I think of all the characters... Claire and Michael got done the most dirty. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Claire wasn't even in season five. Yeah. And I don't really know why. Like, I know that, like, when characters usually get killed off, it's because, like, the actor's asked to go or something like that. They didn't know what to do with her. But I don't, I've never read anything about Emily. Maybe somebody who's listening knows more about that. But, uh, yeah, I'd be interested to know. Yeah, my opinion definitely is that they didn't know what to do with the character of Claire and Emily had a contract. Yeah. So they were like, okay, so we're going to keep her on the show, and Claire is a, is a character we have, but we don't know how to write for Claire. Right. So let's just do this instead. Yeah, and between her and Saeed and Michael, it's yeah, really not yeah. clear what they tried to yeah. do there. Mm-hmm. Um, those are all the spoiler thoughts I had, if anybody else has any. I only have a additional thought, uh, something about Echo, because, okay, so first of all, he's very smart. And if mm-hmm. he had stayed, we would we don't know what could have happened. Uh, right. But okay. But the main thing is that um, I don't remember. Was Echo saved at the end? And is this whole thing about forgiveness and taking the burden of him by confessing to Henry a way in which he saves himself, even though he's killed by the smoke monster? Do you mean like in the flash sideways? Yeah. I don't remember. See, this is actually interesting because, like I said before, I was just watching along with my friend Casey uh, watching the finale, and she had just been texting me yesterday about who was in the Flash sideways and why, and like who was in the church and why they there were a few people that weren't in the church and everything. And she said that she went on Lostpedia and found something about Echo. Um, they said that Echo, this is a quote from my friend Casey, at Casey Wall. Yeah. They said that Echo wasn't there because he was content with the choices he had made in his life. So that, in addition to the fact that he wasn't in the flash sideways at all, makes sense to me. Like, sort of, if you've made peace with your life, you just kind of skip limbo. Okay. All right. Okay, makes so, sense. That, yeah. that, that's the explanation it, I'm going to take. It's, it's an explanation that I will accept. Yeah. So. Yeah, makes sense. That's all I got. Same. Good. Cool. Yeah, me too. We so. Once again, Angela, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you. Yay, we had such a good time with you. You had so many race, like awesome points. Oh, thank you. You, I really had a lot of fun. Seriously. <laughs> I am so glad. I um, love your thoughts. I love your brain. Like, <laughs> you're so smart. This was amazing. Thank you. <laughs> Do you want to tell us one more time what your Twitter is? I love your podcast, so. Uh, oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> Uh, listen, your podcast is re- the reason why I started Lost, and now I started Riverdale, which I'm going to regret. I really I'm know. so oh, sorry. <laughs> I am not sorry. I am not sorry. It Just is a don't look for logic or anything good. It is the most it's... entertaining garbage dump yes! you've ever seen in your life. It yeah. is so much fun. It's, it's so, so bad. bad. It's so bad. It's so bad. It's so bad, but, but it's entirely watchable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Uh. Yeah. My my Twitter is at IRL Writers Blog, and I have other stuff, but I mean that's the main <laughs> one. <laughs> What's your other stuff? No, my other stuff is more professional, like so. Oh, okay. Ooh. So if you want to follow me, ooh, she's a fancy lady. To learn about uh, what I studied and I'm going to work in, then fun. But. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's very boring. 
So okay, this cool. is the main one. I, I think it's cool. <laughs> you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. You can follow me on Twitter at, at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. You can follow at the aficionados all over the heckin' place, but the places that we have the most things are Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr. Woo! Woo! Our Patreon is patreon.com slash the aficionados. If you have a spare dollar, we'd really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yeah. Okay, love you, bye. Bye, bye. Okay, love you, bye. Found a new pair of glasses damn near my prescription. You like them? This is the spoiler section for episode 216, The Whole Truth, featuring Casey. Spoilers, spoilers, gonna talk spoilers. Okay, spoilers. It's heckin' time for spoilers. Oh my mm. god. How hard is it to not say Ben? The so entire hard. Time? Oh boy. <laughs> that boy, he is so messed up. So, okay, so here is here was my Ben thought mm-hmm. that I had was, so Ben basically gives in and decides, okay, I'm gonna draw Anna Lucia map. Right. Why? He needed, he needed to do something new. Yeah. Because otherwise they were going to be like, this guy's not doing anything for us. Okay. And they're just going to keep bringing in people or kill me. Mm-hmm. At some point, Saeed's going to get tired. So in that case, do you think he picked Anna because he saw intelligence in her or because he thought that she was easily manipulated? I think more intelligence. What do you think, Casey? Yeah. Yeah. Because I think like, especially at this point, like he he's watching Jack and Locke who are just so caught up in themselves and, you know, he has his own motives going on, but he needs people who can actually, like, get him to where he needs to be. And mm-hmm. with them, it's just back and forth. But at least through Ana Lucia, it's someone who's going to get the job done. It's someone who's going to go out and make sure that his plan is working in a way that appeases him. So I think... That's a good point. For him, like, he sees someone who's who's smarter than these guys. And there's a time, too, isn't it, where he he's talking about... Um, like Goodwin having seen something in Ana Lucia as like that they could bring right. back with them to work with the others. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah. even that, like keeping in mind, like, oh, she's an asset for us. Like, I, yeah, I definitely don't think it's the, that he thinks he can manipulate yeah. her. Okay. Well, I knew it was either going to, it was going to be one of the two things the yeah. entire time. Yeah. And, and he also, he knows that that balloon is mm-hmm. out there. Yep. He knows it's out there. He know where, he knows where it is. He doesn't expect. Like, he gives it to Anna Lucia, thinking that she's going to see the balloon and be like, oh, great. Good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What he doesn't know is that she's planning on bringing Saeed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He Saeed's not- the one who's yeah. like, "I'm. we're digging up this guy. I need every single thing right. figured out. He did not anticipate the Saeed of it all. <laughs> like, in this episode, Anna Lucia's like, we need to be sure. And when we find out, then Saeed's like, we need to be mm-hmm. sure. We need to be sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. So, I definitely think that's probably what yeah. happened. Uh, maybe the devil is chasing her. Shall we talk about MIB and Jacob? Oops. <laughs> um, and it's interesting because MIB and Jacob are so morally ambiguous. Like, you know, MIB is supposed to be the bad guy. Yep. And Jacob is supposed to be the good guy. But when you really take a look at Jacob's motives. Jacob sucks. Jacob sucks. <laughs> He's such a douchebag. And, like... Obviously, MIB has, like, pretty chill motives in which he literally just wants to leave. Mm-hmm. But he just goes about it in a really bad way. So, like, mm-hmm. he's still the villain. Me but, and the party. But Jacob's not an angel. Mm-mm. No. So, like, when she says, like, when he says it looks like the devil's chasing you, maybe the devil is chasing her. I mean, she's, I think she's a candidate. But, mm-hmm. like, Michael's about to come in here and kill her, basically. Yep. Mm-hmm. And when they talk about the devil, I don't think of MIB. I think of Jacob. Mm. yeah so 
I did think of MIB when you t- thought about that, or when you first mentioned it, but yeah, yeah you're totally right. It mm-hmm. is Jacob. Yeah. Um, Anna Lucia says, at least we're on the right island, which is supposed <laughs> to be funny, but there are two islands. Yeah, there are two. Sorry. Oops. So you never know. Do you think, th- did the writers know at this point that there were two? Um, it is pretty early on in season three that we figure out there are two. So I wouldn't be surprised if they did. That's possible. So what's the difference between a martyr and a prophet? Is Ben the martyr or the prophet? Ben? Yeah, Ben. Prophet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He would not sacrifice himself for the island. No, that's for sure. He'd say he would, but he would never go that far. Which, which That's is interesting. Such a good point. He totally would say he would. Which is interesting because when I asked before, you said Henry was the martyr. Henry. Yes. <laughs> Not Ben. Which is, but it's interesting. Yeah. That it's different. For me, like Jack and Locke is also like in there. Like, would you say that Locke was a prophet because he was very preachy about the merits of the island, or would you say that he's a martyr because he basically was murdered for it? See, this is this is why I had such a hard time because I was like, "Hang on, Locke died for the island, and so did Jack." Yeah. Locke feels like an overlap. So like, like, yeah, he sure. has like parts of both, where it's like he definitely loves the island and like tells everyone like, "Oh, this island's different and special," but at the same yeah. time, like he would risk everything for it. Exactly. Yeah the the way he speaks is very prophet like mm-hmm. for sure. And in the, I think Jack came to embody both of them as well, especially like, you know, Later. by the time you get to the finale, right. yeah. yeah, that's Jack. When Jack comes back to the island, I'm like, suddenly Jack, you're cool. <laughs> <laughs> Jack drank I the can... tea, drank the Kool-Aid. Yeah. Yep. Um, do you guys have any other Ben thoughts in the spoiler section? Hmm. Like, obviously I have a bajillion Ben thoughts, but ones that are relevant to this episode. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I could talk about how amazing Michael Emerson, okay, so when Michael Emerson was playing these scenes... Did he know what he was playing? I think yes. Yeah? I think in the same way that J.K. Rowling was like, Snape, you were in love with Lily. You're supposed to be a good guy. Uh Uh-huh. Which he isn't, in my opinion. Yeah, she blew that one. But he was like the only person to ever know that. And so I definitely think that he knew. If not in his first few episodes, when they decided like, whoa, this guy, we're gonna keep this guy. Yeah. He's great. Then I think they probably told him. Yeah, I think you're right. Or, or then they figured out that that's what they wanted to do, so they told him. Okay. Do we know if, like, before they decided to keep him on, like, what their end goal with him was going to be? Oh, that's a good I, question. I don't know for sure. I feel like I read somewhere mm-hmm. that they were going to have... Maybe I read it, or maybe I, like, watched it on, a, on location or in one of the bonus features or something, but for some reason in my head... And let's not take this as gospel because I'm literally not sure. But in my head, like, I think they were going to have, like, Saeed kill him and he was going to be, like, an actual martyr. Mm. <gasps> okay. And Saeed was going to actually kill him and then they were going to, like, maybe find out that he was actually for real. Ooh, that's too dark. Or maybe not. I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure they were going to have Saeed kill him. Yeah, okay. that makes sense because I was just thinking, like, if he were to actually, like, be the bad guy but not last then it's like that doesn't make sense but if they were gonna go yeah. that route of like oh you know this guy's wasn't bad he was just weird you know then yeah it would have <laughs> made more sense than that but he just gave weird speeches yeah yeah <laughs> he's just weird he just wanted to talk about if he was evil he wasn't actually yeah. bad yeah. he was it was a fantasy <laughs> yeah that is something he would do. Yeah. Okay, so going into the other storyline on the island, um, I was talking about Rose and Bernard. 
So Dan said in the commentary that Rose and Bernard act like they've been like together forever. Mm-hmm. You but know, they like haven't been, been, but they actually haven't. No, which is crazy because we get that a few episodes from now that it turns out they like just got together within the past few mm-hmm. years. Even yeah. And, like, it was clear the writers knew the whole time. Yeah. But I guess it's, like, that sort of implication when you find your person, you can fall into that kind of pattern quickly. Mm-hmm. I I love that, too, is it's just, like, it really shows that it's, like, they didn't need, like, new actors to play them because they already have the perfect actors. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. To show us their freaking neat cute. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but it's also really cool because it shows people that um, not everyone finds their soulmate early mm-hmm. in life. Yeah. You can always find them. Exactly. No. Aww. Oh, so soft. <laughs> but Rose is so comfortable being on the island. She knows what t- what day of the week it is because she knows that she's planning on staying on the island right. forever. Yep. So she's comfortable. She's like, well, this is this is my home now. She's like, I don't have a calendar, but I've got one in my head. I think that's also why she feels so confident just like mouthing up to Jack all the time. Right. She's like, listen, I know you're trying to get out of here, but I'm not. I'm trying to survive this. Yeah. So stick your butt down. <laughs> Well, even like later in season four, when they're like, when Locke is like, I'm planning on staying, and Jack is like, I'm planning on leaving, and Bernard is like, okay, well, so are we going with Locke then? And Rose is like, absolutely not. No, mm-hmm. because I will die if we do. Yeah. Yunjin was talking about getting to like kind of demand something of Sawyer. And she said, because like the commentaries are done like after every season, right? Mm-hmm. So she doesn't know what's to come. She said, and I quote, I don't get to play tough very often. <laughs> And I'm just so excited for her. Yeah. <laughs> she has no idea what's in store. I have such good news. Yeah. Um, Widmore Labs. <sighs> Widmore what owns and everything, huh? What the heck? <laughs> they knew this was coming. Yeah. It's crazy. So Sun tells Jin that uh, she's never been with another man, which we find out is a lie. That's a lie. Because she has been sleeping with Jay. And you and- said that she was genuinely concerned that the child wasn't hers. Well, yeah, I mean, if you've been told that your husband doesn't have, like, have any stake in the game, like, he just, he, there's no freaking way. Like, when Juliet takes her to the staff to, like, do her ultrasound, she's genuinely worried that it's not Jin's kid. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. I mean, in a way, she's also, like, it's really complicated feelings because if it's not Jin's kid, that means that she's not in trouble and she probably won't get sick. But she's still happy that it's Jin's kid because it's Jin. Yeah. Even though she really needs to get off the island or she'll die. Yeah. You know? So they talk about baby names. They end up naming their baby Ji Yun, and Jin never gets to meet her. <sighs> Tragic. That's the meanest thing you've ever said. Well, <laughs> it's messed up. He gets to see like three pictures of her. So That's it. sad. I'm upset. I'm still mad. I'm upset. And seeing how happy he was in this episode too. Like, yeah. Anytime there's any mention of her, like he was always so excited about it. Just. Uh... <laughs> That's so unfair. That's one of like the saddest things about about it, like yeah. about their story. I think. Yeah. Um. That's all I had, you guys. Do you got anything else? No. Mm-mm. Not really. Do you? Me? Yeah. No. Yeah, I can't no. think of anything. Cool. Well, Casey, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thank you. Do you want to tell us one more time where we can find you? Sure. So it is on Twitter with Ilith Sternin. I I L I T H. S-T-E-R-N-I-N and my Instagram, which is not Penny's Instagram, and then through my lost Twitter account, no context lost. Awesome. 
And those will all be in the description if you guys are looking for them. Nice. Um, you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-B-Y-N-E-J-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. You can follow the both of us for all podcast things at at the aficionados all over the heckin' place, but mostly Twitter. Yep. <laughs> and our Patreon is patreon.com slash the aficionados. If you've spared all there, we would really appreciate it. Help! <laughs> God, please help. <laughs> nice. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. Bye. It's Saturday, Bernard. This is the spoiler section for episode 217, Lockdown, featuring the iconic Selena Wilkin. Spoilers, spoilers, gonna talk spoilers. Oh my god, it's time for spoilers. <gasps> spoilers. Spoilers, spoilers. We're gonna have to record like an actual like album cover. Absolutely not. <laughs> or like or like a, a studio recorded version of that for season three, oh I think. God. Okay, welcome to spoilers. So thank you. Love let's do I'm gonna see if we can do flashbacks first. Um Helen obituaries funerals ha- uh, in season five it turns out helen died yeah oh my god i forgot that helen Which, died yeah i i did too but it's because like i feel like we still don't really know if she was a plant okay like, i think we tell me more about that well it, it was a huge thing like everyone thought that she was in league with anthony cooper and like it was all a long con because that's oh. why she read the obituary you know oh and because he was like she's really nice wow yeah. she's so pretty oh exactly. my gosh and that's why she left that would be so sad like once she'd she'd fulfilled her purpose and gotten locked there then she left and then they like left together and i think everyone were kind of like waiting for the reveal and it never came and then she just like randomly died and we were like what, what? but <laughs> but the conspiracy <laughs> oh my god so, like, that's a that's a headcanon that fully makes sense yeah but it makes me deeply sad so i yeah. reject it <laughs> i think re- i, I reject it too i think that like genuinely what was on the screen was just what she was yeah because yeah. that also makes the tragedy more tragic because he almost he almost got out of the loop you know he almost got a mm-hmm. happy ending but yeah. i i do think there was a lot of like support for that theory at the time and it would have it would have served as an explanation and as a as a really gut ru- gut-punching reveal i think oh Locke is such a tragedy already that would have made yeah. it like 10 times worse that might have been mm-hmm. too far yeah that mm-hmm. might have been too far yeah, yeah. you're right because it is a little bit also a little bit like truman show-ish you know exactly. if everyone in his life was like an actor trying to hurt him that might be too much but there was just something Locke didn't even get to go to her funeral because he was on the island yeah oh. but there was like uh, something a little bit shady i thought about how she just left his life and then died right yeah that is kind of odd yeah so to make a, a, another very sad point, oh, no. um, Locke, Locke's funeral is under Jeremy Bentham. And I think that if it had been under his actual name, maybe more people would have shown up. But no one came to that either. And it, it technically no. wasn't a funeral. I believe the guy specifically says that it was it was a viewing. Yeah. But no one showed up. Um, and then he says, were you friend or family? And Locke, Jack says neither. Mm. Like, really? Which is so sad. Like, yeah. again, he can be such like a bitch. Can you say that on the show? Otherwise, <laughs> Like, yeah, you can't yeah. really be like she sometimes jack yeah <laughs> that was one of those times he's the perfect word for that yeah uh, just the cruelty of that too i was just like mm. Mm. you couldn't even even in death yeah that is all i had for the spoilers for um the flashbacks does anybody have any other flashback spoilers no i don't think so okay card game spoilers um <laughs> i just wanted to say that libby is the reason that they need the medicine later in the season mm-hmm. so yeah. it's a good thing that jack got it back good job jack 
Yeah. So thanks, Jack. Um, I liked when Sawyer said, listen, Jack, like the hatch isn't going anywhere and it blows up at the end of the season. It sure does. <laughs> so yeah. yes, it is. Okay. Okay. So Jack keeps freaking winning <laughs> and poker is like obviously a game that you, you know, you have to have like a poker face, which is what that's called and you know, blah, blah, blah. But it's also luck. The fact that Jack gets two kings yeah. Is Jack supposed to have the medicine? Is this the work of Jacob is my big question. No. Well, that's a good question. But I think it's mm-hmm. also like it is partly luck. But I think it was also interesting that it wasn't like he had the highest thing. Like the one and the whatever it is that is like right. the highest set. He did just have one over Sawyer. So I think it was more of like the king and, and queen is obviously like a little bit symbolic. Yeah. Though it would have been fun if he had a pair of jacks, but whatever. Um, yeah. But like, but I think it is more just to show how good he was at like sussing Sawyer out. Like even more mm-hmm. than his own poker face. He was just really good at knowing what Sawyer had. He's just really good at bluffing. If yeah. it was the work of Jacob, Jacob was like, ha, I'm just going to make it once step above Sawyer that yeah. would be funny yeah just to be just to throw in his face but yeah no I think it was more like just to show that, that Jack was such a master of the game that he could know that Sawyer had just below what he had yep right <sighs> interesting the anger that Sawyer must feel <laughs> I know. also um, that king and queen thing kind of wound up being true yeah it did like that's mm, a, yeah. that was the thing that i was like it, at the time i'm sure because they they kind of went back and forth on the sawyer kate jack thing a lot mm-hmm. you know when it was going on like i think we all know that they probably had some idea of like jack and kate ending up together but it was never yeah. set in stone mm-hmm. which is like incredibly nerve-wracking as a, as a shipper yes. um but i think that that looking back on it moments like this work as foreshadowing yep right which is really neat because you're like oh okay that this was end game right like this was literally them spelling out like sawyer was going to be number two to jack's Mm -hmm. number one but but even if it hadn't worked out like in terms of of kate and and stuff like that i think it still kind of worked Mm -hmm. um jack says that he learned to play poker in thailand but we never he's never actually seen playing in stranger in a strange land no just to be clear Thanks, you know, just thank God. Because I just didn't want to... Yeah, that would have been too expositional. And I didn't want to watch him do anything in Stranger in a Strange Land. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah and Sawyer's time in Tallahassee like that was where he met um Cassie Cassandra Cassidy and Cassidy and had Clementine Cassidy yes so okay or maybe he got gonorrhea from <laughs> oh my god I, no but that was the time he had a lot of girlfriends like he he did a lot of cons and stuff like that so yeah yeah he spread it out to everyone in Tallahassee so I would love to actually Tallahassee gets gonorrhea talk yeah. about Tallahassee because when we get the man from Tallahassee is um, the episode where we find out it's another lock episode and it's where we find out how he lost his, the use of his legs mm-hmm. um, which is another like, Anthony Cooper thing so the fact that Sawyer brings up the man from Tallahassee even though we haven't seen the man of, from Tallahassee yet we then learn that the man from Tallahassee was Sawyer was the Sawyer that he was looking for yeah oh my god do you think that That's was intentional? Cool. That's why they brought it up in this episode? It can't have been. No, it's Surely like a whole not. other season away. Yeah. yeah. There's no but way. What but a, what a so cool, cool like coincidence. Like, again, retroactive foreshadowing. They exactly. also, they do this thing where they'll, like, take specific locations and then they'll just bring them up over, over and over and over again. And they all, like, kind of mean the same thing. So, for example, in The Man from Tallahassee, Anthony Cooper claims to be from Ontario. And mm. so they keep saying... 
the the people who are from Canada lie are lying. Yep. Or they um I knew it. I knew we were lying. Or they aren't trustworthy. So whenever someone says anything about Canada, they're usually lying. So for oh example, again, um Widmore gives Locke a fake Canadian passport issued in Vancouver in the life and death of Jeremy Bentham. Mm-hmm. So oh, there are actually two exceptions to this trend. In numbers, Hurley's accountant informs him that the sneaker and factory in Canada burned down. There's no evidence suggesting that he's lying. In Sundown, Saeed tells his niece and nephew that he has to go to Toronto to work. There's no evidence to suggest that he is lying. Anyway, so Canada. And then, so I wanted to go and see if they had some things from Tallahassee. Because in what Kate does, Kate is buying a ticket to Tallahassee. Mm Mm-hmm. So Tallahassee is a big deal. Um, let me find uh, Tallahassee. Here we go. Kate was buying a ticket to Tallahassee. Sawyer implied to Jack that he contracted an STD in Tallahassee. <laughs> Juliet's biography, according to Middle East Bioscience, states she received her BS in biology from the Florida State University, which is located in Tallahassee. Um, Thank God she didn't get gonorrhea at that time. Yeah. <laughs> ben refers to Locke's father as the man from Tallahassee. Uh, Florida State University is located in Tallahassee, is the home to a national high magnetic field laboratory the laboratory is home to the world's largest and most powerful magnet kate world's like one of the writers from tallahassee because there's so much tallahassee anyway that's funny tallahassee is in here so i think that's pretty cool yeah that's all i had for that storyline now let's go into the big one ben oh wait i do have one more thing it was just like every time in the show now when jack interacts with claire or aaron and especially aaron i'm like that's your nephew that's your sister just like freak out (laughs) <laughs> you don't know i always so forget about that i know does jack ever tell claire no i don't i think, don't think he does no. <gasps> actually don't they have a moment they do share a moment in the last season don't they I feel yeah like they do i mean they're together in the last season yeah. after claire has gone bonkers but i don't think he ever tells her yeah so I, th- I feel like he does i don't know actually now that you say it but he never and then he dies when she leaves yeah but like Unless his only kate reaction knew? to aaron really is to like stare at him and then leave unless he told Which kate is- Jack, you're so weird. Anyway. Yeah. Not his oh. finest moment. Oh, buddy. So Ben's big speech was like, if I was an other, I would have other others in that field and they would capture your people and He's an idiot. trade for me. Why aren't there others out there to capture them? Well, because they want it to be, they want the il- illusion, right? I didn't even think about that. I mean, he imme- he gets caught after this. So it's like, if they had just done that, then they would be able to get him out. Like, do they have Michael at this point? I can't remember if they have Michael already because he comes back pretty quickly here because Michael is the, like, Michael is better to have because he can bring people back to them, like the people that they want specifically. Mm-hmm. So if they already have Michael, then it does make sense as to why they're not doing it. So I think that's what it is. That's still kind of mind blowing though. Um, In the season two finale, we learn a little bit more about the lockdown uh it can be triggered like desmond triggers it so that they can keep working on the map yeah uh but this wasn't that it was on purpose like it it just happened um okay so why was the thing on the speaker so garbled the poor quality of the recording was likely due to maintenance neglect or possibly damage sustained during the lockdowns forced by radzinski kelvin and desmond oh that could be part of it i thought for some reason i had it in my head that it was like intentional the lockdown no the the garbled oh why would you think that I don't know. Just it's lost. Why wouldn't I think that? Oh, why? Uh, I don't get it. Uh, just conspiracy. Okay. Okay. What? What? Um, purpose would that? I don't hold? know. Okay. Okay. I Sorry. didn't get far with the thought. Okay. <laughs> Uh, okay, so does Ben know about the lockdown? Could he have out-orchestrated this somehow? I don't think so. Doesn't he? 
Don't we find out he does know? Well, okay, so here's the thing. Here's the reason why I think Ben knows most things about the thing is because he's we've seen him at the Pearl. Yeah. We know that he's been to the Pearl. He's been watching them. Mm-hmm. But the lockdown hasn't happened. So, like, and, but, and another thing is that we know that he 100% did press the button. Because if he hadn't, everything would have gone to crap. Yeah, it would have, like, literally been an explosion, right? But I love in the, like, later episodes coming, he literally tells Locke that he didn't press the button just to bother him. You know, he's such an. Ass. But he did. Yeah. So like, if like he knows he has to press the button, so he would have gotten up in that vent, pressed the button, and then he could have just booked it. He so you left. think he knew what the lockdown was as well? I don't know. He, if he was really just acting. I don't know. I mean, honestly, it's like Michael Emerson couldn't have thought that far ahead or known any of this anyway. Yeah. yeah. But I'm not sure. But hey, if anybody's listening to this and you have thoughts on this, we would love to hear from you. Mm-hmm. So please let us know if you think that Ben knew about the lockdown or not. That sneaky boy. Because I'm interested. Okay, was Henry actually out or not? Was he knocked out? Well, I, don't know. I guess if he his aim was to press the button, it makes more sense that he really was knocked out. I just think yeah. it was like completely ridiculous yeah. that he like jumps up and knocks himself out and falls down. And then <laughs> he like happens to wake up when the plot needs him to. But now that you know it's Ben, that's so funny. <laughs> You're like, way to go, idiot! <laughs> it's like the master manipulator, like, duh! Like... <laughs> Yeah, I'm kind of on the side by his own self. I'm kind of on the side that he actually did, like just so he could watch Locke freak out. He could like hear Locke, like he just falls asleep and he's like, "I am sleeping," and Locke goes, "Henry, Henry, yeah. wake up!" And Locke like, is like, "Tee," or Ben is like, "Tee hee." Exactly. I want to believe that it was part of his plan because I I don't want to believe that he was that stupid, <laughs> but like maybe. <laughs> What a humbling moment for Ben. Yeah. He wakes up and he's like, hmm, that was not cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so he's like, I didn't do anything. I just pressed the button. I think that's true. I think he literally did just press the button. Yeah. Um, and then the, after the food does... dropped, the lockdown just like came back up. I yes. Guess. Okay. So the, the lockdown didn't happen for any other reason than because there was a food drop. I think That's so. That's what but I the, understand. The question I have now is about the black light because yeah. when we see Kelvin in season two, uh, in the season two finale, he's um he's like drawing it, but he doesn't, he can't see it. Like the black light isn't on when he's drawing it. Yeah. And he says something about like Radzinski having like a picture, like a photo photographic memory so yeah. he always knew where he was going it's just weird let me go on to the blast door map but maybe he installed the Thing. black light like in for future gotcha reference or something that's um, actually not a bad point yeah but okay so yeah, I'm yes. on the blast door map thing so I can give us some more information about this. So creation and history, Stuart Redzinski, a Dharma Initiative member and architect of the Swan Station, originally created the map. Okay, we learned that already. He, or not here, but we know that from the season two finale. Mm-hmm. He and his partner, Kelvin Inman, regularly forced a lockdown to engage the blast doors in order to continue their work on the map. The map's creators were forced to work blindly as the map could only be seen under conditions when the swan was illuminated with black light. So that doesn't tell us why the black light happens. No. Following Radzinski's suicide, Kelvin continued to work on the map, albeit at a much slower pace. Kelvin described Radzinski as having a photographic memory, allowing him to remember exactly where he left off. It is unknown if Desmond ever contributed to the map. Dharma laundry detergent was at least one of the substances used as paint on the map. Likely other mixtures were used to create the different colors. 
Oh. Locke saw the blast door map for the first and only time in lockdown while trapped under the blast door during the lockdown incident. Blacklight switched on, revealing the map. Uh, in the semi-canon video game Via Domus, oh, no. there are two spectrum levels <laughs> of the map, which can be seen under different lighting conditions. The first was seen by Locke. The second spectrum of the map includes more geographical locations and notations. So that's, it's it's semi-canon. Um, I've played it and it's terrifying. <laughs> it is so scary. Oh my god, I played it a- but like it kept freezing at like some oh, no. point, like just like ten minutes in, like I just gotten out of like something with the plane, and yeah. then it would like it would freeze on me, and it was like the most frustrating thing Ugh. because I really wanted to play it. Well, was the game just too old at scary. that point? <laughs> what? What do you think the game was just too old at that point to play? No, I I played it when it came out. Are you kidding? Like it was like on my computer. I don't know what it was the problem. It was on a like a CD and like you know a, a oh, DVD thing. So yeah. like I think it was just had a scratch or something. Like I don't know. This was before like I could just download it or get another copy or something. So I was like, could be like because this one didn't work. I suppose like, I could go back and play it now. Yeah. I don't want but to. like, wow! It's remember scary, when we used Lita. to have to do stuff like that? Is it really scary? Yeah, I remember. Like, you would just like if if something broke, you would just you couldn't do anything. Just too bad. Le- uh, well, okay. So listen, I'm a baby. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, so when I'm watching the show and the smoke monster is after people, you're like, run, run, Forrest, run, just do it. But then when the smoke monster is after you, <laughs> it's really scary. You have to go yeah. into the dark territory, and so the monster is around there, and you have to hide in the banyan trees to get away from the monster. And it's like you can run as long as you can't hear the monster, right? So you're sitting there like listening to the monster, and sometimes it gets really, really loud, and so you're like really scared because you were just like listening really really intently and also the sounds never like really truly go away and so i'm like so when am i supposed to run this sounds like a slender man game kind of well it was only like that one piece like other times you're allowed to like you could like go on the beach and then it had like the voices of i think it was like yunjin michael emerson and like a few people but like sawyer's was completely wrong or like whatever (laughs) so like sometimes it was fun because you got to go and like talk to people which is all i really wanted to do but instead i had to go and like do flashbacks to this random guy named elliot yeah that's what i wanted to do yeah and then do scary things that's why i was playing it as well just wanted to talk to you and they wouldn't let me do it yeah (laughs) but that is Mm. funny i i remember that was like really i just wanted to hear everyone's voices but that's the funny thing about these games they used to do they did one for buffy as well and like they had all the voices except for buffy's and willows Mm -hmm. and they were awful and it was just it was hilarious so like the two that you would want the most right the the two main ones were the ones they didn't have and like some were much better at video game voiceovering than others (laughs) yeah Uh, So going back to the blast door map here, I've got uh, the hidden map shows the location of six stations with a seventh crossed out. All the stations appear to be pointing toward the center of the island. Represented on the map by a large question mark, four of the stations appeared with the names and logos, the arrow, the staff, the flame, and the swan. The central location indicated by the question mark at the center of the map was later identified as the pearl. Um, The crossed out C1 station labeled unknown by the original creator of the map, Rudzinski, was the orchid, but Rudzinski didn't know what the orchid did. So oh. that's why. The Lost Encyclopedia not- notes that C3 is the location of an unseen and or unbuilt meteorolo- meteorological station that, according to the map, was located at a high elevation. C3PO. Thank you. There's a, there's a lot here. 
fam. So if you're looking for it, like, Blast Door Map on Lostpedia is what it's called. Yeah. Uh, there are a number of other structures appear around the periphery of the map marked CV. These are numbered sequentially counterclockwise 1 through 4. CV was later revealed in the Jigsaw Puzzles, because I guess they made Jigsaw Puzzles of this. What? To stand for Cerberus Vent. So Cerberus um, is the name of the, m- is what they're calling the monster. Cerberus. All right. Also contains a note about at about four o'clock referencing the known final resting place of Magnus Hanso slash the Black Rock. Oh. Oh. Uh, and then there's a whole thing about the notations. Like, like in Blast Door Map, they give you, like, stations, notations, um, uh, and, and all of this. And there's even main article called Blast Door Map Notations. So, like, there is just so much about the Blast Door Map. I obviously can't get, in, get to all of it right now but if you guys are interested in it please go check it out and if you find anything super super cool in there make sure you send it because i want to talk about it on the podcast cool uh yeah there's lots here so i guess we'll just move on (laughs) um did you guys have any other spoiler thoughts that's all i got um no no i feel like there was something but it's gone now so it doesn't matter okay (laughs) uh selena thank you so much for coming on the pod thank you for having me this was so much fun yes it's always so great to have you on yes i'm glad to be on i'm glad that i remembered that i was supposed (laughs) to be on and that i had time to watch the episode because it was like it's so fun i don't it's been so long since i rewatched lost and watching episodes like this just makes me want to go back and watch the whole thing because it was so smart yay every time we watch an episode there is a part of me that's like what if we just watched one more yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah we'll yes, get to it sure. all eventually exactly uh, um would you tell us all one more time where we can find you on the internet yes you can find me on twitter um that's pretty much the only place i am on selena underscore hypable and i write weekly the hundred reviews on hypable and i suppose i'm also on twitter no on instagram at selena arc <laughs> <laughs> uh Good. yes uh, alias slash the hundred stan account not really but yeah Perfect. that's where you can find me also be aware of her twitter if you are allergic to puns because this <laughs> has been on her pun game lately <laughs> it's like it's it's just because i know you love them so much so every time i read them i'm like uh, you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me at B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. Why did I say it like that? I don't know. Beer. That's, 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 <laughs> uh, and you can follow both of us at The Aficionados uh, most places. And thanks. No, thank you. <laughs> You're like, all right. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash The Aficionados. Are you okay? Uh, no, I'm, no. Okay, cool. Great. Okay, love you. Bye. 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 Should I go and get a ruler? This is the spoiler section for episode 218, Dave featuring Chris. Spoilers, spoilers, gonna talk spoilers. Here. Welcome to the spoiler section. Um, we are actually commissioning a new spoiler section song. Yes, we are. I'm really excited about it. I don't know if it'll be done at this point, but um, if it is, you just heard it, and I bet it's awesome. If you didn't, maybe next episode. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> if you didn't, um, stay tuned. Huh? Stay tuned. All right, so let's talk about our spoiler thoughts on the Henry storyline first. His name is... Okay, I feel like my Benry... Oh, we can call him Ben. Yeah, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that Benry thing, like, I feel like I could have got away with that. 
I just, yeah. Ben says that he's that he's like afraid of what he'll do, but like, dude, you're the he. I know. It, I think he'll be fine. Like he's literally, he's literally just trying to convince them that he's just a foot soldier and that he doesn't matter. Yeah. It's like he's not the leader. Listen, I'm low hanging fruit. I'll give you the names of the important people. And I'm like, you are the important people. Yeah. <laughs> like, are you, what are you going to do? Throw friendly to the wolves? He, he literally has, he's like, he's nothing. Who gives a crap about that guy? He basically does throw friendly to the wolves. He's yeah. like, friendly, get out there. And then friendly dies and Ben doesn't care. Ben doesn't care about anything. Of course not. Ben was truly caught off guard through that though. Like he legit could have died. Like that could have been the end. Yeah. He like the curse of Ben is that he's overly confident about things that he should not be confident about. Yeah. My, my other thing was just like, what's your real name? And then I wrote, it's Ben. (laughs) (laughs) It's Ben. Yeah, it's Ben. (laughs) That vine is iconic to me. He said that he didn't press the button and that he's done lying. Well, yes, you did press the button and you are never done lying. Yeah. So to be clear, he did press the button. Yeah, he, he pressed he the button. He's he not looking to die today. No. Okay, Brittany, please talk about Henry and God. So I believe, like, so that whole conversation was like, you know, God, this and that. And I'm like, the entire time I was just sort of thinking, do you think to Henry slash Ben, that's more of like, Jacob like Jacob is more of a god like figure to him yeah I definitely don't think he's talking about Jacob though just because he I think Jacob is a god like figure to him I don't think he's talking about Jacob just because he says he can't see us here when he knows that Jacob can see him so it's like it's like it's not like it's like god can't see us here so another god has taken over Okay. There is a God that can see us here, but it's not the one you're talking about. Okay. If that makes sense. Okay. Well, then there goes all my brilliant thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Shot him right in the foot. Sorry. <laughs> so we were talking about, is their relationship ever better? Is there a time where Libby ever oh. gets to unload anything? Yeah. And it was just a- And unfortunately- Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no. I was just going to say, no, it's just that one time that she was, where she was like incensed that she, that he thinks that she's not real. And she was like, I, yeah. you know, I buried a lot of bodies and but that's the only time, but that only scratched the surface of her trauma exactly and like unfortunately oh go ahead sorry. No, and go ahead. that and that's it like that's all we got well i mean unfortunately when she dies we are still at the very very beginning stages of their relationship right. so they never get a chance to do that there is a little bit more of that in the flash sideways but that's not really like i i wouldn't count that No, I would say that she always is very much in a caretaker role with Hurley. And the other thing, like whenever she's brought up, it's like when Hurley is like at her grave, basically just continuing to unload his burdens and how sad, like obviously he has a reason to be sad. He's mourning her, which I love, but like even like in season five or, or maybe like in season six, like on the island, he like sees her grave at like Boone Hill and like, continue to talk to her wishing she was still there but it's never really like about her I yes guess, it's, what I'm it's to say. always about how he feels and not like about the legacy that she had yeah so so we were talking about dave and wondering if he could be mib or jacob and we decided he definitely could not be the man in black just because the story and the rules for the man in black is that the character has to be dead has to have their body on the island like, those are the two, like, main rules. Dave never existed. So that's why I don't think it was ever MIB. Right, so yeah. we thought, okay, well, maybe it's Jacob. And we thought we are on to something. Yeah. It's got to be Jacob. But the thing is that, like, Jacob is trying to protect Hurley because Hurley is a candidate. And so never would Jacob ever say, Hurley, let's kill ourselves. Let's jump off a cliff, you know? So that means I truly believe that it's just in Hurley's head. Okay, but counterpoint to that, could it have been a test that Hurley was meant to either succeed or fail in? Like, quite literally a life or death test. Like, with Boone. Like, Boone was a candidate at one point, right? 
I believe so. I believe so. And so I can check actually. It it's sort of like maybe Jacob was leading Hurley to a place where he could make a series of decisions that would decide not only whether or not he was a candidate, but whether or not he was going to live any longer. Yes, Boone was a candidate. So it could be it could be that Jacob was not looking to kill Hurley, but was looking to see what would happen if he pushed Hurley to his limits. Yeah, okay. Cool. You were talking about the Dharma factory workers? Yeah. So what? That's the entire epilogue. Ben walks into the factory and says, you don't have to do this anymore. And they say, hey, by the way, what the heck? And then they watch some Dharma videos and then Ben leaves. That's the epilogue. Okay. So fun fact. I don't know if I've ever seen the epilogue. Mayo? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we should probably watch the epilogue. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I I don't know if I've ever seen the epilogue. I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. And then they go and find Walt and then they tell him that he needs to come back to the island and Walt cries and it's happy. No. The end of Lost to me is Ben sitting outside the church. There's an epilogue. Okay, didn't know that. Yeah, and then Hurley's there and he's like, come on and be my buddy. And Walt's like, sounds good. And then they go. And my headcanon is like, one day Aaron goes and is also there, you know? Okay. Yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, none. I was like, wait, what? (laughs) You haven't seen the epilogue either? No! I didn't know Lost had an epilogue. I've literally been talking about it on this podcast, Brittany. You knew there was an epilogue. No, I didn't. I thought by epilogue, you were always talking about that final scene with Ben and Hurley. That's not an epilogue. That's part of the finale. Okay, well, there's an epilogue. It's called The Man in Charge. It's about like 10 minutes long. Got it. So if you haven't, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen the epilogue, go watch the epilogue. It's on YouTube. Okay. (laughs) It's around. Um, it has great Ben content. I love him. Um, and then we were talking about the backpack splitting open and the peanut butter falling out was Jacob. And we definitely think that was just Jacob being a jerk. that was Jacob. Like, why would you make a guy trip with runny peanut butter? That's just not nice. I believe in... This might have happened already, but I'm pretty sure it's in Trisha Tanaka. Hurley says that when he won the lottery, Johnny ran off, stole Starla, his girlfriend, and then ran away with Starla. Mm -hmm. And I just thought it was interesting that Hurley, at this point on the island, still calls Johnny his friend after that. Oh, yeah, I guess... He wouldn't refer to him as like his ex-friend. Like that's not very Hurley. Yeah. Well, yeah. I just thought that was interesting. I mean, they might they might just not have known that until at the, this point, like the writers, but mm-hmm. I still thought that was like kind of weird. It is. Uh, Jacob wouldn't get Hurley to jump off a cliff, which we talked about. And yeah. Okay. Now we get to get, get to the go to the good stuff. The the flashback spoilers. So uh, Bruce Davidson. Bruce David. No, I was right. Bruce Davison. Okay. Not Davidson. Davison. Okay. Plays Dr. Brooks. Yes. And the next episode he appears in is in season six, Hurley-centric episode, Everybody Loves Hugo. <gasps> I love that episode. Yeah, so we get him back in season six to play Dr. Brooks. Yeah. It, it's in the flash sideways, but he's still he's, he's there. still there, yeah. Yeah. Hurley says that, or I think, I don't remember who says it, but Carmen's the one who put Hurley in the institution. Yeah. In Everybody Loves Hugo, Libby says that she is in the institution voluntarily. So I guess that's also an option. Okay. I don't know. Just wanted to bring that up. Um, Taco night. The iconic Kate line from season three episode. I do. I don't do taco night. Oh my God. I forgot about that. Taco night. I don't do taco night. The melodrama. Truly iconic. (laughs) Taco night. Taco night? I don't do taco night. I'm not a taco night kind of girl. Um, So this court we see again at the beginning of season four in the flash forward with Jack and Hurley. They're playing horse and Jack's basically making sure that Hurley isn't going to tell. And Hurley says, I'm sorry, I went with Locke. He goes, oh, ouch. That hurts. That's called my heart. That hurt my feelings. These don't hurt me. Hurley and Dave playing Connect Four. Okay. Are you guys ready for this? Yes. So when, when Leonard is saying the numbers, he always says them quietly. Yeah. 
except for one number. Okay, are you ready for this? Okay. Shout out to Loftpedia for figuring this out because I love them. When Hurley is playing Connect Four with Leonard Sims, who is saying the numbers over and over again, Leonard always says the number eight, very loud and stern. This is Hurley's candidate number. What? Holy shit. How did they figure that out that early on? I don't know if they did. Maybe it's just a coincidence, but like Locke is four, Hurley's eight. Holy crap. When I read that, I was like, yes. (laughs) <laughs> like if they like the thing is these writers are so smart a lot of the time like and by the writers i mean the writers room not these two writers no offense some offense um, <laughs> well they wrote expose and i love expose so i'm gonna stand by expose but you can stand by expose thanks no one says you couldn't i forgot what i was saying though oh yeah the, they do things so like methodically and with so much purpose that you kind of believe that they would plan something like mm-hmm. that i love that so Dave wakes Hurley up in the middle of the night and slaps him to prove he's real. Um, Charlie, at the beginning of season four, comes to Hurley, right? Because this is when Hurley starts being able to see dead people. Mm-hmm. And Charlie comes to Hurley. Hurley is at Santa Rosa. I mean, it's before he gets to Santa Rosa where he starts seeing Charlie. Yeah. But Charlie comes up to him at Santa Rosa and Hurley says, you're not real, you're dead. And Charlie slaps him. So that's something that happens. Uh-huh. When, when imaginary or dead people start hitting you. <laughs> I feel like when he got slapped by Charlie, he's like, this isn't actually <laughs> proof, though. Yeah, because this has happened before. It's just Dave all over again. Yeah. Okay. Now we get the Libby flashback. Oh my gosh. I have so many thoughts. Okay. okay. So this is supposed to take place in 2003. This flashback is supposed to take place in 2003. Okay. Okay. The crash happens in 2004. So within one to one and a half years, yep. she gets from here to where she was in the crash, which tells me I do not think that she is a psychologist. She's not. And if she is, she had gotten that training before she was in the the mental hospital. That's possible. That's that's entirely possible. We still don't really know what happened to her to have put her in the mental hospital. Wait, we never find that out? No. What the hell? So did this show ever care about her or was she always just a vehicle for Hurley? Well, then she comes in and is important to Desmond, actually. Yeah. So this is the other important flashback. It happens in the season two finale uh, when Hurley, sorry, I assumed it's about Hurley. Um, Libby meets up with Desmond basically by accident and Desmond is telling her about the solo race around the world that he's doing and that he needs a boat he doesn't have money for a boat and she tells him about her husband whose name was David who um, died and left her her boat left her a boat which is named after her it's called the Elizabeth and she gives Desmond the boat and so she's the reason why he gets to the island oops okay you're with me so far in my brain I have always thought that that happens after she gets out of the mental institution and now she's all better and she's a psychologist or whatever right yeah but if this flashback is supposed to take place in 2003 and desmond was on his thing three years ago yeah this is before she goes in the mental institution yeah so oh she's snapping she's joe garfine i've got you (laughs) joe garfine is so adamant that dave is david that libby is married to dave and there are so many things that i think that is completely wrong and here's especially i had so much more evidence but david is dead before dave (laughs) got her he says that david is dead way before we even see dave in in dave the episode this episode oh my god are you gonna tweet her after and be like i got you no because i'm scared (laughs) oh my god i don't want her to yell at me because i already she would never i know but i gave her more evidence on twitter and she just said meh and then she kept believing it even though it's just okay so here's there's more was dave her husband no (laughs) because here is quotes from Damon and Carlton. Damon says, we like certain biblical names and David is one of them. David happened to be my father's name. Maybe that's sort of subconsciously rattling around in there. Carlton said, the connection between the imaginary Dave and Dave Hurley's father, because his name is also David, was completely intentional. We wanted basically 
Hurley to imagine a friend and have that be wrapped up in his unresolved relationship with his dad. So that's why his imaginary friend is named Dave. Damon said, as to Libby's ex, that is an entirely different David we may or may not meet in the future. Damon has said that that is a different Dave. And he's not, he's not about that Dave. He's about Hurley's dad, Dave. They've used David eight times <laughs> in this show. It's not the same Dave. Thank and that's you. such a basic name. Why would you keep using it? Exactly. Dave was intended as a reflection of Hurley's issues with his missing father, David. They both have rascally, happy-go-lucky personalities. Imaginary Dave keeps encouraging Hurley to overeat. David's last act before leaving his son is giving him a bar of chocolate. Okay, so literally, I wish I'd known that before I started thinking about, like, what Dave would be a manifestation of, because that changes the entire interpretation if he's supposed to be his father. Yeah, we just haven't met his father yet, so we couldn't talk about it. <laughs> Damn it! Yeah. That totally changes everything psychologically about what's happening there. Well, do you want to talk about that? Oh, I, I don't remember, like, much about his father, but, like... Yeah. Basically, he, he leaves, and then as soon as Hurley wins the lottery, he comes back. What a jerk. Yeah. He leaves, like, at when he's a child. Another thing from Lostpedia, according to Lost Encyclopedia writer Tara Bennett, the man in black impersonated Dave on the island. Yeah, this cannot be true, just to be clear. Yeah. Dave never existed, negating the man in black's usual need for a dead body. Instead, he simply read Hurley's mind. Hurley was always going to see what he wanted to see anyway, said Bennett, and the smoke monster could kind of take advantage of that. Damon Lindelof, however, said Dave was a figment of Hurley's imagination slash apparition and had nothing to do with the monster. The published encyclopedia did not say Dave was the man in black. So that means that girl who wrote that was like, oh, and then and then took a, took that away. Yeah. So anyway, thanks. Dave and Hurley's husband, David, are two different people. Hurley's husband, David. <laughs> Libby's husband, David, are two different people. They are not the same person. Dave doesn't exist. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's all I have to You're say. You're welcome. It's really important for me to get that out. Thank you. Okay. Good for you. Does anybody have any more spoiler thoughts? Nope. No. Cool. Should we do our final outro then? Yes. Which is basically just a shortened version of our regular outro. <laughs> Chris, thank you so much for coming on this episode. <laughs> thank y'all for having me. Yay. And Angel. <laughs> um, will you tell us where we can find you one more time? Yes. Twitter, your dear old dad, because that's pretty much the only social media I regularly use. I follow you on Instagram. Yeah, I was going to say, you have a really good Instagram. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Instagram, Whiskey Tonic. There you go. Her her Instagram is so cute. Please follow her so you can see her cute little face Aww. on the show. You're going to make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. Um, and please follow all three of us for uh, our, you can go back because at this point it will have already happened. Uh, we all went to Disney World yes. together to watch <laughs> we get engaged. So, oh yeah, at this point we can finally spill the beans. Yay! Go ahead. Sorry. Sam and I are engaged. <laughs> that's crazy to say. That's weird. That is weird. Oh, that's so weird. I love it though. Hope she doesn't say no. <laughs> Shut up. Or else this will be really awkward. It's super awkward. I already know she's going to say yes because it was going to be a surprise engagement and then she saw something on my phone about it. So now now she knows. <laughs> okay. Where can I follow you on Twitter? Me? Yeah. Me? It's um, at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. And I'm sorry in advance for who I am online. And that I never answer DMs. You don't? I, I do, but like... I said, so you answer mine. So slowly. <laughs> like, I just like, it takes me a while. Like, I'll read it and I'll be like, okay, I'm going to reply to that later. And then I forget. Don't ever do that then. Just stop doing that. That's a really hard <laughs> habit to break. It is ingrained Just reply like when you see it. Multiple days. Just reply when you see it. I'll give it a shot. Thanks. Thanks. 
Uh, you can follow at the Aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Redbubble, YouTube. YouTube. I'm doing some stuff on YouTube. I'm planning on doing some stuff, and I'm really excited. Okay. As soon as my sister comes, lives here with me, we got me and Callie are gonna do some stuff. It's gonna be lit. Yeah, it's okay. gonna be great. Okay. But until then, Twitter and Tumblr are our main ones. Dope. And our Patreon is Patreon.com/slash/TheAficionados. Like we said, if you have a spare dollar, if you think that our uh, stuff is worth your money. We would really, really appreciate it. Thank you. But otherwise, word of mouth, that works word too. Out. Okay, love you. Bye. Love you, bye. <laughs> Chris, you gotta do it now. Okay, bye. <laughs> Cute. Just gonna live alone and be one of those guys. You know, the crazy guys with a big beard and no clothes who's naked and throws duty at people. This is the spoiler section for episode 219, SOS featuring Jen. Spoilers, spoilers, gonna talk spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now it's time to talk Now it's time for spoilers. Okay. So, I definitely have some thoughts on the spoilers, including ones that I came up with as we as we were, Absolutely. were talking. Okay, um, I'm excited But I also have some fun facts from Lostpedia about this episode in particular, so mm. I will mention those now. So, it, it's the first episode to have flashbacks centering around guest stars. I already mentioned that at the beginning of the podcast, but there's more information. The earlier episode of the other 48 days featured flashbacks for regulars Anna Lucia, Echo, and Libby, as well as scenes from the perspectives of Bernard, Cindy, Goodwin, and Nathan. However, as the episode did not follow the traditional formula, these flashbacks were considered non-centric. Oh, well, all right. Yeah. The episodes uh, Live Together, Die Alone Part 1 and Live Together, Die Alone Part 2 also featured flashbacks for then-guest star Henry Ian Cusick. Confirmed Dead flash, uh, featured flashbacks from three main characters, Daniel, Charlotte, and Miles, as well as two guest stars, uh, Lapidus and Naomi. The Incident Part 1 featured a flashback for Ilana, who, like Desmond, became a regular at the beginning of the next season. The Incident Part 1, The Incident Part 2, and Across the Sea all featured flashback all featured flashbacks for Jacob, who, unlike most of the characters listed above, was, was never promoted to main character status. And yet, he got a pop Funko <laughs> over Saeed. Thanks. I'm still mad. I also have another fun fact that is ridiculous that you guys will never believe and you don't even notice which is the sad part uh okay. this is the last time we see rose until greatest hits at the end of la of the the end of next season what wait what yeah not until the end of next season do we see rose again this is the last time we see Rose until Greatest Hits. Why? I don't know. Because in season three, they're like at Dharma and stuff mostly. Like that's where a lot of the action is happening on Hydra Island. Okay, that makes me mad. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I read that's that really and I was upsetting. like- really I read that and I was like, there's no way. It's ridiculous. That makes me really mad. Yeah. So, okay. She I mean- was, She was too good for that. I mean, exactly. what, a way to, what a way to take her out for a while though. Like <laughs> it's a great episode. Uh, all right. So let's do some- Spoilers. We're going to start with the Henry slash Jack storyline. I think you'll find his name is Ben. Oh, yeah. I guess we can call, <laughs> we can call Ben now. Yay. So, uh, Brittany, you had mentioned that Jack had taken the Hippocratic Oath, and that's why he had to help Ben um, with his dressings. Yes. Even though he's obviously one of the others. Yes. And uh, I remembered that in season three, they're like, please, will you do surgery on Ben? And then he messes up Ben's surgery and it's just like, let my friends go or I'm going to let Ben die. Oh, right. He was like, well, I compromised my morals by this. Yeah, he's like, whatever. <laughs> I'm a changed person yeah. for now. I'm dealt enough with Ben to know that I can do this and yeah. not feel bad. Yeah. I guess I need to change your dressings because I still need you. 
Exactly. Yeah, right. And for all I know, you might still be innocent. Right. Until he says, they'll never give you Walt. But I love how he's pretend. He's still pretending that it's not him. He's like, they'll never yeah, give you like, Walt. Yeah, he's like, he kind of puts himself as like the victim of them. Yeah, and I'm right. like, you're an asshole. And he has been doing that. Like, a, like the whole time he's been like, what? No, they'll never let me. I'll be in so much trouble. I'm like, you're the one in charge, bud. Exactly. But like, go off. I found that the music was very Beach Boys, like I said. And the Beach Boys are important because at the end of next season, uh, Good Vibrations by the Beach Boys is the password to turning off the jammer in the looking glass. Oh, right. Ooh. So, uh, yeah. That's nice crazy. observation. Thanks. That's crazy. You were very excited when that hit you. <laughs> I was like, ooh. Did he press the button? Yes. He yeah, did. of course he, put he, did. It, he put in the numbers, he pressed Because we all saw what happened when you don't, which yeah. is Desmond gets his clothes blown off. Yeah, exactly. And a plane crashes. Yes. Yeah. Um, Kate and Jack were saying, uh, or Jack in particular was saying that um, the others don't want them, which is why he brought Kate. Um, but they actually do want them because Michael comes in with his list of people that he's supposed to bring back, which is Kate, Jack, Sawyer, and Hurley. Yeah, right. they just didn't want them at the time. Yeah, so uh, you're wrong, Jack. They didn't know how valuable <laughs> they were. Yeah, Jack, you are wrong. <laughs> oh, what else is new? Um, does Jacob help Locke remember the map? I don't think so. You don't think so? No. I, I think like, that's a reading you could do, but I also think it's supposed to be a symbol for clarity, and that's what it is. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. I wouldn't, I, I'm so loath to give credit to Jacob all the time. I was going to say, why would yeah. I give him credit when I can give the, the conversation with Rose credit? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Are you guys ready for the big thing that I was really excited about? I'm ready. So we were talking about how, like, wouldn't the others have somebody out there for, like, when Jack showed up? Yeah. Because they had made a line. Yeah. Right. And uh, when Jack shows up, who shows up? Uh, Michael. From the others? Friendly? No, the no, I mean like the others had Michael captive. And Michael conveniently showed up after Jack was yelly yelling. Oh right. So that I'm I'm not necessarily saying that the others like person on the inside, like the person who was waiting there was Michael because Michael was really like when he he got there, but it's clear that someone did hear it and they were like, it's time to bring Michael back in. Yeah. Time to set him loose. Yeah. And uh, we get all of Michael, all of like everything that has happened to Michael in an episode that's coming up called three minutes. I wish I could remember like all of the details and all of the like timing because like all of the timing is like crazy with like the amount of detail that goes in there. Um, but of course, I think we should probably talk about that when we get to that episode. Um, but we do get lots of answers about Michael. Yeah. But I was pretty excited about that, realizing that like, oh, duh. the timing Cause wasn't, and effect. yeah, the timing wasn't necessarily a coincidence there. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. Okay. So that's all of my spoiler thoughts for the Henry storyline. Now going back into the Bernard on the beach storyline. So we got our first mention of Frogert. Um, the first time we actually ever see Frogert is in one of the, uh, uh, Mobisodes, one of the ones <laughs> oh, that... Oh, yeah! Uh, yeah, uh, it's called The Adventures of Hurley and Frogert, I believe, and it's basically just Frogert being like, hey, I want to ask out Libby, and Hurley's like, no, I'm going to ask out Libby, <laughs> and Frogert's like, well, I guess we'll see who wins then, and that's basically it. But Frogert dies at the beginning of season five. He gets hit by a flaming arrow, and uh, honestly, it's a pretty badass way to go, and I respect. Yeah. I like him because they're trying to, to start a fire and he goes, we don't even have fire. And then he gets hit by a flaming arrow and it's just great. He does great content. And I, and I love Froger also because we don't, we don't even just like lose him. Like we, he's in the flash sideways. True. He's sitting in between Locke and Boone, like sleeping on the plane in LAX. Like Froger's out here, yeah. you know, <laughs> like low key. 
He's out here. But kind of high key. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say not yeah. low key at all. Yeah, like, yeah, super high key. It's great. Uh, 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 Echo is uh, building a church, and uh, he's actually building this church. I think we learn this in two episodes, as we have uh, the question mark episode. It's all about Echo, and he is taught, and it's like uh, in the flashbacks, he's the new priest at the church that Yemi was the priest at. And um, he tries to stop all of the, like, bad people from stealing all of the medicine from the people in the village. Right. Um, in which part, at which point, like, they come into the church and he, like, murders these men in the church. And then they say, you have ruined this church. And then I believe, and I don't remember exactly how it's said, but it's, like, kind of implied, not even necessarily implied. I do believe it's actually said out loud that Echo owes Yemi a church. Because you ruined, a you ruined his church. This was his church. You owe him a church. And Echo is now building Yemi a church. Right. This is the this, this is, is the Yemi's church. church. That's kind of yeah. awesome. Yeah. Okay, so lastly in this storyline, um, they say, okay, we'll never leave the island, and uh, they don't. Yes, true. Yeah. Foreshadowing. Yeah. They, they sure don't. they sure don't leave they, that island. They literally never leave the island. Like after the flaming arrow attack. In season five, it's literally just like our main characters are the only people who's left. And we don't see Rose and Bernard again until the season five finale. And we think like, like, I guess either you just forget about them or you just like assume that they died. Yeah. Just like everybody else did. But then you find them and they're living with Vincent. They're literally living happily ever after. And they like been trying to avoid all of Interaction. Yes. They're like, um, we don't want any part of this nonsense that Jack gets himself in. And, like, maybe they would have died had Desmond slash Jack not fixed the heart of the island. Because the island was kind of falling apart at that point. Right. But they all, like, most of them, like, fly off. But Rose and Bernard don't. And you assume that they're okay because they fixed the island. Right. But But they definitely didn't leave. But you can see that at the end of the episode, they would have been okay if the island fell apart. Yeah, like, this is this is cool. This is where we're at. Exactly, we're at peace. Yeah, we're, we're, like we're tired. Now. Yeah, something I love that I didn't actually know where to talk about this, mm-hmm. but the title of the episode. Yeah, SOS. Mm-hmm. What Bernard tries to do the entire episode is inherently something that is very factual, man of science based. Like we need to yeah. make a sign, but SOS in itself, which stands for Save Our Souls, mm-hmm. is literally a faith. Yep, based. Like, even though people, you know, in, like, the 18th century used it for, like, an SOS, like, yeah. on a boat. But it, the words themselves are faith-based. Mm-hmm. And I love that juxtaposition of oh something so factual used. Yeah. Or based on something so faith-based. I never thought about that. That's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was always something that stuck with me. I was like, it's so ironic that you're doing all of these things. Like, this is what he's saying. Mm-hmm. <gasps> but, love that. Yeah. Uh, so for the flashbacks, I actually only had one spoiler thing, and it was from Lostpedia. It was a fun fact from Lostpedia. Um, Rose accidentally dropped her pills at the airport, and Locke, still in his wheelchair, picked them up for her. She is one of only three crash survivors to know about Locke's paralysis. The other crash survivors who found out about it are Sawyer, as of the brig, and Boone in Deus Ex Machina, it is also probable that this is the secret that Locke told Walt. Oh! Uh, and the big crazy thing that I don't even know if this was, like, purposeful or not, but um, Boone found out in Deus Ex Machina, which was episode 119, mm-hmm. uh, Rose, it was revealed that Rose knew in uh, SOS, which is 219. 219. And uh, Sawyer found out in the brig, and did you want to guess what number 
episode number that is? Is it 319? It's 319. Holy crap. How weird is that? I like it's like I I don't know how that possibly could have been like purposeful, but like what a coincidence. It's one of those like fun, like little lost, like fateful things. Yeah. So uh other than that, like being assumed that that's what he told Walt, and he told Walt that in Pilot Part 2, which is 102, so I don't know. Uh yeah. That's all I had. Did you guys want to add anything else? No. Cool. Uh, so yes, thank you, Jen, for joining us. It was so much fun. Truly my pleasure. This was a blasty blast. And I had the great privilege of watching you two in real time. <laughs> oh yeah, can you tell everybody about that? <laughs> so <laughs> like, incredible. This was life-changing for me. Because I have done podcasts before where I had headphones and a microphone talking to someone who was in California. Yeah. Um, but actually having a conversation um, and seeing us all get for really For three hours? Is really fun. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I had a true blast. So thank you guys for inviting me. It was exciting. Thanks for coming. To be here in the same room. Yeah. Thank you. you for allowing me to relive such an important time of my life and a fandom in my life. And letting me revisit and re-examine it as an adult. Mm -hmm. Which really made me introspective and think about things in a different way. Hell yeah. That's so special. You should you should listen to the other episodes of the podcast and then like let us know if you have any extra thoughts. Because we want to like, we could like discuss it on the thing. I shall. Okay. Oh, I shall. Oh, oh, I shall. Oh, I shall. Oh, oh, I shall. <laughs> uh, can you remind everyone one more time where they can follow you? Once more times. You can follow me <laughs> uh, at Jen of the Moon. Uh, and if you are so inclined and are a fan of Sebastian Stan, you can also follow at Sebastian Stan fan. And I just wanted to point out that tomorrow is the first anniversary of me having taken over that from a lovely other person. So um, I'm doing a giveaway tomorrow on that page. Obviously, yeah, this is this is going to be way later. <laughs> but I'm just happy that it's been a year that I've taken over that page. That account has 145,000 followers. So are you going to like you name drop us? Insane or yes. That is so cool. So yes. I will leave you. Yeah, do it and then be like, we talked about Sebastian Stan, and then everyone's gonna be like, I gotta listen to that, and they're gonna be real disappointed because <laughs> we didn't talk we about it. We brought up Carter Basin, <laughs> and I accidentally said that Milo Ventimiglia was on Gossip Girl. <laughs> you like, wow, that was a different show than I remember. Very different. Uh, and you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey, that's R O B Y N E J E F F R E Y, pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B R I T T A N I A with an underscore at the end. Uh, at The Aficionados is us all over the place, including an app called TV Co., in which we uh, stream every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Vancouver time the previous week's episode of Riverdale. So uh, even if you don't watch Riverdale, we would love to have you over there because we have lots of fun. Yeah. Follow for the lols. Follow for the lols. Exactly. Join for the lols. Yeah. <laughs> Our Patreon is patreon.com slash theaficionados. If you spare a dollar, we'd really appreciate it. And November 16th, postcards. Do it. Yeah. Get that postcard. Listen, yeah! This comes out on November 8th. You've got eight days. Get going. No <laughs> excuse. No excuse. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. Yeah, love you. <laughs>
to um to bring you back and like eventually Locke does kind of like join the others like he even like kills or not necessarily kills but gets his own father killed um so that he can join the others and like be the new leader of the others or whatever so it's like how much of what Ben said was rooted in truth like I don't know yep but um let's start with any spoilers that we have about the Hurley storyline let me try and find some oh um, did Hurley and Saeed ever go watch Say Anything after they got off the island? I'm going to say yes. Because they were the Ocean- They were both in the Oceanic Six. Yes, so. they went and watched Say Anything and Nadia was there and it was great. That sounds awesome. I think that should be true. That's literally all I had about the <laughs> Hurley storyline. Uh, other than the fact that I'm sorry, Libby. Yeah, what the hell? Mm-hmm. And so we never find out how, like, what she was doing in the institution. We get some stuff in season six, but it's part of the flash sideways, so you don't really know if that's actually what happened in the actual canon or not. I, uh, I, I always question the flash sideways, because it's like, is this, it's not, I know when I was first watching it, I genuinely thought it was an alternate universe where, like, yeah. the bomb went off, and then the whole, like, whole universe got shifted, and, like, everything was slightly different, and... For some reason, some characters like slightly omniscient, and that's why they could remember the previous timeline. That's what I thought yeah. originally. But like, yeah, yeah. What, 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 what is this? It like it just. I really wish Libby had a longer storyline. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I was writing down in the middle of the episode was that um, I remembered that Libby like remembers in the Flash sideways, but Anna specifically doesn't. Like they see her in the Flash sideways, but I think Hurley. Or it could have been Desmond. Hurley or Desmond says that she's not ready yet, like yeah. to move on with them, because it's yeah. a, it's a, some sort of afterlife is basically what the Flash Sideways is. So, so what makes everyone else who is there ready to move on, but Anna not ready to move on? Is it because she's still a cop at that time, and like she needs to move past that? Like I don't know. I don't know. Is she still like punishing herself for like yeah. the things that she? Th- thinks she did wrong i don't know like the the thing that we see her doing is basically like taking a bribe from hurley who has a bajillion dollars to let desmond kate and saeed go out of like jail or whatever i think she has to straighten her moral compass back out yeah mm-hmm. yeah okay sure so henry oh i can say ben now Ooh, exciting ben like attacks Ana lucia and basically says that it's because she killed two of them is he really that upset about goodwin no i don't think he likes he goodwin didn't even like goodwin he he hated him. Hated Goodwin. He yeah. was pissed off that Goodwin so. was with Juliet. I'm like, you're full of shit. You didn't like Goodwin, and you're no good, filthy liar. Yeah, exactly. I noticed that Locke was like looking at the before he went to go and talk to Henry Ben. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to. I'm in a. You go, Benry. Locke was looking at the blast doors, which was foreshadowing. It's like past shadowing because of the lockdown, but also foreshadowing because they need to use them for the season two finale. Yep, yep. yep. He mentions the man in charge again. Uh, The new man in charge is the name of the epilogue. And do you think he's talking about himself or Jacob? I thought it was himself. I thought he was talking about himself. It's just, yeah, the way he talks about, like, I just kind of, like, thought he was kind of, like, making up somebody who was, like, kind of like himself, but, but wasn't himself because, I don't know, just the way he talked about it was that he didn't really like the person that was in charge, I guess. I guess. Maybe he thinks about himself that way. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because, like, when he talk- talked to himself about, like, he was, like, something about they were great or something. And I'm like, yeah, yeah you would. You know? Yeah. Like, he would refer to himself that way. I guess. Eh, I don't know. I got a weird feeling about it. Anna tells him not to tell anybody. Uh, Anna tells Sawyer not to tell anybody about their, like, little tryst they did. And Sawyer ends up telling Jack after she passed away. And Jack says, why are you telling me this? And Sawyer says, you're about the closest thing I have to a friend, Doc. That hurts. Ouch. I I think they are friends after that, aren't they? 
There's it's, some sort of friends. Yeah. Like, there's a weird thing going on there. But I definitely think that they appreciate each other. Mutual respect, maybe? I don't know. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. So I, I think that Michael truly does believe that the others are living the way that he thinks they are. Like, yeah, he, I he think, think he believes that, but it's not true. It's not true. But he he, he does truly believe that. And, and he did actually see Walt. Like, he says that he didn't, but he, he did. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. But my question yeah. was whether he'd actually seen the other others, you know, the, the temple others. No, I don't no. think anybody ever really sees the temple others. Okay, uh, Anna's one of the people who moves on, who doesn't move on. Okay, good. The other thing about Crime and Punishment. In Meet Kevin Johnson, Michael goes to a pawn shop to trade a Rolex watch. In Crime and Punishment, the main protagonist, Rodion, exchanges his dead father's watch for a loan by a pawnbroker. So that's another, like, little thing that they added in there. I like that. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, oh, and then the last thing I had about this storyline was just that Libby is one of the people that the Oceanic Six say lived. Oh, yeah. Oh, interesting. Um, and not Anna. So, like, the reason why, like, Hurley meets Anna's partner and he right. says, did you know Anna? And Hurley says no, because Anna wasn't the one of the people that the Oceanic Six say lived. Oh, that hurts. Yeah. So he has to say that he that she died and he never knew her. I hope at some point he, they know the truth. Yeah. Uh, so moving on to the flashbacks, there was a fun fact on uh, Lostpedia about this. This episode marks the first appearance of Gabrielle Fitzpatrick, who plays Lindsay Littleton. Uh, Lindsay and Christian's link to Claire will not be established until Paravion in season three. Man, that plot twist, like for the record, like the whole Claire's Jack's half sister, sister thing, mm-hmm. I never liked I, I do. never will. I, I never. I thought it was too convenient, and it was like it was too soap opera y for me. They talked okay. about it like twice, I think. Yeah, yeah, they like they planted the seeds though. No, they did, and I respect how they did it, and like I think they did like a good job with it. I just personally don't like it. Oh, you know? I do. Okay, mm, I don't know. I kind of feel mad about it. <laughs> it's just a plot line that exists. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, Christian and Anna Lucia both refer to each other as Sarah and Tom. Sarah and Tom are the names of both of both of Christian's children's significant others. Sarah is Jack's former wife and Tom is the father of Claire's baby. That's weird. Yeah. That's super weird. But I mean, Tom was a coincidence. Uh, yeah, like Tom was an accident. But Sarah was not. So like, we can talk about Sarah and Christian in 301, which is when we learn that basically like, Jack kind of almost thinks that Christian is having an affair with Sarah, but I think they're just like talking. I think they're right. like just concerned about Jack and she's like, yeah. Yeah. hey, I can't be around him. They talk like about Jack. Can you yeah. and, like, deal with your son? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, uh, they can be friends without anything being weird. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you'd probably have a relationship with your father-in-law. Probably. I mean. Yep. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is Claire's aunt, uh, Lindsay. Like you think you're supposed to think it's her mom. Oh, right, right, but right. But it's not her mom. Also, Claire doesn't even live there. Like Christian, she's an adult. Yeah. Oh. What is he even? I want to see my daughter. Um. Then look her up. Yeah. She doesn't live here. Yeah. <laughs> That's so weird. What an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> he attacked the wrong person. She's like. She's like. No, you can't see her. He's like. I pay the mortgage on this house. She's like. Yeah. And thanks. Well. Yeah. Thanks. She doesn't live here. So you're basically just bankrolling me. Thanks, though. So he pays the mortgage on that house. Plus all of Claire's mom's medical bills. Plus, mm-hmm. like, it can her doctors that rich? Like, how much money does he make? Is he he must pay his own mortgage? And well, like, like, there's he's he's a brain surgeon, so a no, lot. there is he a brain surgeon? Oh, brain surgeon, spinal surgeon. What is Jack's that? a spinal surgeon? What what's Christian? Oh, he's the head of surgery. Yeah, yeah he's, he's the head he's, of surgery. He's got so money. 
Yeah, there's like, there's family doctors and there's head of surgery. So I think he does have all that money. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Money is a thing. (sighs) Some thing that I wish I had more of. (laughs) Same. Yep, student yep, loans same mm. big mood uh those those that's all i had for the whole episode yeah mm, i don't think i had any more thoughts no okay great well isra thank you so much for coming on thanks so much for having me i had so much fun <laughs> and one more time your twitter is uh i am at isra glass I-S-R-A-G-L-A-S-S. There it is. And you can follow me personally at robin e jeffrey that's r l b y n e j f f r e y pretty much everywhere and you can follow me at mm, <laughs> Am I okay? I don't know. You can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. And we together are at The Aficionados in a lot of different places. And it's our anniversary! Yes, we're the day we're recording this. It's our three-year anniversary of being a podcast network. Happy anniversary, friend. Hey, happy anniversary, Brittany. <laughs> it's been nice to spend three hours doing this with you. Yes, thank you, thank you so much. I, I feel the same way. Yeah, All Israel, right. thank you for being here. I had <laughs> great time. <laughs> <laughs> like butt in on your moment no, yeah. cute. <laughs> and our patreon is patreon.com slash the aficionados if you have your spare dollar we would really appreciate it because this is expensive yeah and it's december 6th the day this comes out you have a month left to uh get those uh donations in so you can get one of those heckin cool postcards because they look great the yeah. accent jumped out we're all canadian here it's true this is a safe canadian space yeah canadia <laughs> <laughs> okay love you bye okay love you bye, okay, love you, bye. Don't you want my phone number? Thank you so much for listening. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. Thank you so much to the creators and community of Lostpedia. Truly, without them, we would be lost. Stay tuned for more spoiler sections coming to you every Friday in June. Season 3 will be posted on the first Friday of every month starting July 3rd, 2020. While you're waiting for Season 3, we've got some other podcasts. If you're a fan of The 100, we'd like to talk about that show too. As we speak, we are currently covering season seven, the final season. And uh, after that, we are going back and doing the first three seasons so we can finally cover those. If you're a fan of Riverdale, which I personally really am, we like to talk about that show too, way too much. We have so much fun over there. Uh, unfortunately, season four was cut short by the pandemic, but we do have a backlog of literally all four seasons. So if you're wanting some sort of garbage television, you know, something that Lost is not, but something that's, God, just so much fun. I could not recommend Riverdale enough. If you're a fan of Stranger Things, we like to talk about that show too. We are taking up all of 2020 talking about season two. Then we are going to be taking up all of 2021 to talk about season three so that hopefully by then we have some season four to talk about. If you're a fan of Star Trek, we like to talk about that too. We covered all of season one of Star Trek Picard, and Brittany has some more Star Trek plans for that feed, so check it out if you're interested. You can follow at the aficionados all over the place. Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Redbubble, YouTube, mostly Twitter. I do post gifts of our favorite line awards on Tumblr, though, and uh, you can email us at aficionadospodcast at gmail.com. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey, that's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y, pretty much everywhere. And you can follow Brittany at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end on Twitter. The guests you heard this episode, all of their socials will be in the description. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash theaficionados. If you like what we do here, please consider donating because, oh boy, is this ever expensive? We have five podcasts and we know that money is tight all over the place, especially this year, but we could really, really use your help. We offer early access on literally all of our podcasts for $1 and up. This podcast in particular, I'm usually done editing pretty quickly. So you usually get it a week in advance. 
weekly podcasts are usually like a day or a couple days in advance, but still, it, it counts. And for our $5 and up patrons, we offer 10% off of shopbelux.com. That's me and Brittany's small business. Brittany makes amazing and beautiful resin art over there, and I do fandom embroidery. Check out those links in the description as well. Once again, you guys, thank you so, so much for your support. You know how much we love you. And I cannot wait for season three. I am so excited, and I know you are too. Okay, love you. Bye.